Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the uh, Blog Talk Radio presentation for the Nurtured Heart Approach. Uh, this month, we have Howard Glasser and Jennifer Easley joining us. And we're talking about what happened way back in the beginning. Um, I'll be your host this month. Hopefully our other host, Catherine Stafford, will be joining us as well. Um, My name is Josh Kirsten. Uh, I'm a behaviorist working in about 40 schools with pre-K through age 22, and I do quite a a bit of consulting um, regarding um, behavior in schools with students and with families and their children and been using the Nurtured Heart Approach with my own children. So before I belabor what I do, um, let me introduce our guests. Um, Today, we have Howard Glasser, creator of the Nurtured Heart Approach and founder of the Children's Success Foundation, who is dedicated to awakening the greatness in all children, and in particular, the world's intense and challenging children. He is the co-author of Transforming the Difficult Child, author of Notching Up the Nurtured Heart Approach, the New Inner Wealth Initiative, and All Children Flourishing. He is currently preparing for a series of workshops on the West Coast and in the Midwest this spring before facilitating three additional summer certification training intensives. He is putting the final touches on his latest book with Melissa Block, Igniting Greatness. Howard is the father of an adult daughter living in greatness. Our other guest today is Jennifer Easley. She is the author of two books with Howard Glasser, Transforming the Difficult Child in 1998 and True Stories of Triumph in 2008, the collection of inspiring nurtured heart stories, which literally poured in following the first book. Jennifer is a professional counselor whose current mission is supporting military children, parents, and educators in school settings as a military family life counselor. Uh, Her life and work in traditional mental health settings radically changed after meeting Howard Glasser, uh, working with him in the early days of the Nurtured Heart Approach at the Center for the Difficult Child in Tucson. Jennifer is the mother of a Nurtured Heart-raised teenager and feels her son is the biggest teacher to date. She currently lives in her home state of New Mexico and works at Fort Bliss, Texas. So with that intro, I'm going to turn it over to our guests because we've had a little bit of pre-talk about some really cool in-the-beginning stories, and I'm excited to hear what's going on. So Howie or Jennifer, take it away. Where do you want to start, Jennifer? It's so much fun to be here with you. And I'm not hosting. I get to just chat. (laughs) Thank you, Howie. It is such a delight to hear your voice and connect again. And thank you, Josh, for being our intrepid, nurtured heart host. You got it. It's awesome. Way too long goes between our phone calls. We we do talk once in a while, but it might have been it might have been two years ago or a year and a half ago since our last chat, Jen. I'm thinking so. Um, it's amazing how much time goes past, and yet. When I think about why I'm on this show today, what I really want to share is, you know, my transformation that occurred 
from meeting you, Howie, 25 years ago. And that's a pretty amazing amount of time. Now, I hope the viewers aren't counting how old we are because of that, but we're really <laughs> nurtured heart young here, and we know it. But um, I've often referred to Howie as the fireman because literally he lit a fire under me 25 years ago when I was a burned-out conventional psychotherapist working with very high-needs children and families, not feeling much success at all. And as the universe would swirl it for me, I, my husband and I ended up relocating in Tucson, Arizona. And it wasn't long after that, in 1990, when I responded to an ad for the from the Tucson Center for the Difficult Child. And I thought, hmm, what's that? Tucson Center for the Difficult Child. Hmm. Then I realized a man named Howard Glasser was going to be presenting his own authored approach. And I, right away, the title had me hooked, The Nurtured Heart Approach. And I thought, i, I got to go to this. I've got to go to this training. I have to meet this man. And that was the call some 25 years ago in 1990. And when I saw I was, Howie on yeah. so on fire, I was hooked. Okay, Howie, you probably want to say something, but I that just want was to pause. Can you can you put a like a like a bookmark right there because I want to hear more of the story. I I I honestly remember it differently. I I remember I thought it was Bonnie Anderson who was your friend. Was Bonnie Bonnie your friend, and she invited you to this? Because I don't remember advertising. You know, I had I had uh, brazenly started this, uh, you know, um, clinic or the makings of the clinic, and all I had was my caseload that transferred over with me, and and um, you know, I don't remember being like so much of a presenter then because I probably only presented this publicly a couple of times and um, I, I thought it was just word of mouth but maybe I advertised I I have no recollection of that Jen it's so funny um, I thought it was I thought you're I thought you were a friend of um, the woman who wound up being our clinical supervisor uh, Bonnie Anderson and that is true that is true. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought Bonnie steered me towards you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bonnie. Knew, Bonnie somehow came into this before me because I think she was involved with our town family center where Guillermo was also. I don't know if you ever met Guillermo. Everybody was mysteriously part time, and maybe well, no two people were there at the center at the same moment. Well, and there was another another happening in Tucson called PACT, Parents and Children Together. Right. And right. you had connected there, and people that were working with parents and child together got wind of mm -hmm. your approach, and I was one of them. Oh, okay. That's fun, That's fun to find out. And uh, the reason they were involved was they um, – they, I, I was informed by behavioral health when I applied for the license that I needed to come in under a parent agency and um, under auspices of a parent agency, and, and they were already established. And 
some of those folks knew my work or knew of my work, um, and and they were excited. And there was one guy who's now probably the richest man in Tucson. I had no no ongoing relationship with him except seeing him once in a while at an event. Um, he sat me down and said, wow, you got this great approach. We need to franchise this. And I went, franchise? Yuck. Yuck. I had, I had <laughs> met... I, I had met a few times and 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 uh, spent some time with a woman who started hot stone therapy, and she had told me the nightmare for her of of franchising that, and how mm-hmm. you know how delicate it was and how rigorous it had to be because some people overheated the stones and there were lawsuits and uh, it was you know so anyway yes. Keep going. That's so interesting. <laughs> well, obviously, for our listeners' sake, Howie, you and I, we're talking about when your nurtured heart baby was being born. It was seeded in Tucson, Arizona. Yes. And and Bonnie Anderson was a good friend. I think Bonnie and I ended up in a drumming class together. You know, that tells you yeah. kind of like the grassroots scene in in Tucson, so here I am in a drumming class. I meet this woman who's also a psychotherapist like I am, but she is talking about the nurtured heart approach, and she's talking about this man named Howard Glasser. So I, I said, i got to mm. meet this guy. And then you had a training that I went right. to, and it was probably like a two- or three-day, maybe even just a, I don't even know. It felt like it it was a lifetime download <laughs> In just a few hours, and That's I all it was, was. Um, and it was on yeah. a Sunday afternoon. It was in, yeah. it was in a little board room in a, on a Sunday afternoon with maybe five people. We could and I was have been by the seat of my pants. I, I, I was felt trying like my I was best in to the, explain oh. this. <laughs> Howie, I felt like I was in the Taj Mahal with a great guru who was this wildly independent free thinker who was refusing to be bound by conventional mental health principles, much less long-term therapy. And I I kept finding something in me saying, yes, 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 this guy has it. I didn't have it. I've got to sit down and learn at at the knees of this guru, and this guru happened to be you, Howie. Wow. So, Jennifer, do can, you, I, can, can, get, can you recall any specific, um, you know, like uh, you heard this thing or that thing, and it really, that was the, uh, some of those things that you say were clicking for you. Can you remember any specifics of, about that information? Oh, sure. Uh, obviously, initially for me, it was the relentless positivity. When Howie said, no, it's not about talking about the weaknesses that kids have. It's not about diagnosing problems. It's really about pulling them into greatness, seeing their Mm. strengths, Mm -hmm. magnifying their strengths by active, creative, proactive recognitions. And I was thinking, this is not what I've been taught before. And I never... (laughs) I had I had supervisor after supervisor in traditional mental health clinics telling me, you're too positive, Jennifer. You need to focus more on people's problems, not their <laughs> strengths. You need to focus on their problems. 
And I thought, wow, in a world of negativity, why would that be right? So here was Howie saying, no, don't give these kids a lot of attention for the negativity. They're starved for positivity. And so I was listening. When he was saying it, I was listening. This is this is what I had been waiting for guidance on and how we had it. And so I was hooked. I, I joined him as soon as I could, working mm-hmm. both for the parents and children together as well as the Tucson Center for the Difficult Child. Oh, I didn't Child. know that. I didn't know you mm-hmm. had. Um, ah, that's interesting. It was a dual relationship, yeah, cause, cause but you we, were really I, the reason I, I was, was there. I was giving you as much... You know, we were getting, we were becoming known in the mental health system. Um, the way it worked for us in those early days, um, before the system then unfortunately changed, was um, a, like a caseworker of these high-level kids <laughs> would would hear about what we do by word of mouth. They'd uh, give us one case tentatively to feel us out. And if we did well with that case, they'd give us another and another. And and then before you knew it, there was a half a dozen of their cases. And some of them at some point said, forget about everybody else. I'm giving I'm giving these people all their cases, all my cases. So um uh and and so we we were on a high trajectory. You know, we went from my thirty cases in the beginning to two hundred cases in a matter of months. And um because word was getting out among the caseworkers. That's how you know I knew those folks, and that's how that's how it worked. And um, and you were part of that because what I was in awe of is, and I didn't know till after the fact that you said you hadn't had success with through other methods, and and you previous I didn't interview you on your failures. I interviewed <laughs> you like I I just immediately knew you you got it. Whatever I was saying, pull kids into success. I used that phrase a lot back then. I heard you just say that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and oh, I I did the same to you as as um, you were um, as as the case managers did. Is, is once I saw your brilliance, um, I started giving you as many faces as I could. Well, thank you, Howie. And they were they were challenging cases. Um, we, as I say, we. I mean, those that were working with Howie at the time, we were sometimes we were going into the barrio. At least I was into the barrios of Tucson, yes. working yeah. with really multi-problemed families who were yeah. seeing amazing successes with yeah. the approach. It was like feeding. It was like feeding the hungry almost. It really felt like that to me. Cool. And I admire you reach your... back. Can you reach back into that place you were just talking about and um, uh, talk about? Okay, you you met this man. You now you're part of this approach, and now you have your first challenging case. Oh yeah, I, I do remember. It was a family in the barrio, and I was working with a single mother. She had probably well she had lots of several kids and one who who was kind of ruling the roost and trying to be the dad where there was none and i remember and it, it was very difficult at first to communicate with her and she but i i remember when she understood <clears throat> what i was saying about coming 
from a positive lens with her child and talking about what he was doing well versus where he wasn't following the rules. And I, when I saw that light in that mother's eyes and then when she started speaking to her child in a different way and managing her energy so differently then the successes started flowing. And I remember she, by our, it was probably our third session out of about six. That's about how many sessions we had. That's about how many sessions we had. Six to eight was all we needed. Yeah, right. we were authorized for six or eight, and we, we usually closed the cases within eight, like six or eight right. cases. Absolutely. Sometimes the six, seven, eight was just visiting to, you know, pat them on the back. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. cool. And and did you have that fear going in of this, you know, I have all this this knowledge of being taught these old ways and here I am going in with a new way and what if this doesn't work or you know, did you have to internally fight it all or did you just have the faith and charge it? You know, it really was about feeling very well <laughs> well armed with a positive approach because Howie's training so prepared me to be relentlessly positive, to focus on the positives with the parent. But it was the parent empowerment that was the key. What happened Mm -hmm. was we Mm -hmm. were empowering parents to become healers with Mm -hmm. their own children. I wasn't the healer anymore. I didn't have that, that, you know, responsibility anymore. I was a support to the parent who was the true healer. So when you were we so saw good at that light, <laughs> well, when we saw, thank you, but when we saw that light in Barrett's eyes, that was that was so mm. deeply gratifying, and I knew that was the way. It was it was an end for me, uh, you know, not of the fifty minute hour working with a child by themselves doing therapy, 50-minute therapy hours once a week. It was the end of that era because now mm-hmm. I was maybe doing an hour or two with a parent, maybe five to eight visits, and then we were done because the parent mm. had it. They stepped into their greatness as the healer of their own mm-hmm. child, and we were there, like how we said, for the last few sessions just to cheer them on and say, keep going. Beautiful. Do it. Yeah, and, and I got to be dense. Before Bonnie took over as supervisor, I got to be Jennifer's supervisor, <laughs> and and um, <clears throat> and boy, that was just incredible to read your notes. That's where I first realized what a great writer you were, and they were poetic, and they were they depicted these situations. I just had my hiccup because Alice walked in. Hmm. Who? Yeah. Who, you know, drew that picture that became my right. book? Howie's Howie's daughter, Howie's daughter Alice, actually illustrated mm-hmm. the image, the cover for Transforming right. the Difficult that's Child, right. our first book. Right. Well, Howie, that's beautiful. That's interesting. I I didn't mm-hmm. even knew. I didn't even remember that you were reading my so-called progress notes. I'd always <clears> been told as a clinician that my notes were too long. Just keep the facts, ma'am. And there was no way for me in a subjective, objective assessment, planning, treatment note in conventional Mm -hmm. mental health annals to write what I really wanted to write about these families. And that's so funny. I I always thought I was a 
extremely verbose and not a very good writer, but mm-hmm. what happened was so many people needed to hear about this approach and how he became so you became so busy with you know expansion and more families getting you know given to you to to support and 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 help that we knew we we needed to write a book but i think you didn't have any time at all to write it so that's when i realized yeah. i'm going to help how we write this book well, and, and um, I'll give you my side of that. That was um, a big transition for me was going from, okay, we have this clinic and I have my caseload and I have, you know, a handful of part-time people doing, um, you know, that started at that time doing their caseload. Um, you know, one revelation for me was was at some point I was, I couldn't do both and I started being the supervisor. And and that's mm-hmm. when, and we met, you know, I don't know how often we met, maybe once a month, you know, to discuss your caseload. And, you know, I, I, I might not have read every single case note, but I was reading enough to go, wow, that, you know, this this is amazing. I was just in awe of of what you were accomplishing and so quickly. And, and um, like, you were the poster child of delivering this and, um and I, I also, it was one thing you just said that uh, I remember differently too, which, which was, um, uh, oh goodness, it evaporated. Never mind. Uh, it, it's, it's so interesting to think back on that time. Oh, writing the book. It was like my recollection of writing the book was when I uh, started doing classes in the community, and uh, people. It was just one month out of the blue, just completely out of the blue, where so many people just kept saying, uh, where can I buy your book? Where can I buy your book? And and I was just telling somebody the other day, I don't think of myself as a writer. I didn't because, you know, my, my um, hand got slapped when I was in seventh grade and I wrote, you know, the story about a rose, <laughs> you know, the war <laughs> of the rose or something like that. And, and like, I thought it was the best thing ever. And the teacher thought, you know, thought it was horrible and, you know, had as evidenced by read all over it. And um, <laughs> so I, I didn't, I not only didn't see this as a book, but I didn't see myself as a writer. Um, it, to me, when you, when the book emerged and and people said write a book and I said there is no book I'm sorry and and then Glenn got transferred to San Francisco is my recollection and you right, that's had my a period of time where you couldn't practice because licensing was different and uh, if, if if that's accurate and that's when you know um, okay I I oh I think I was trying to write it on my own I had written sections I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I write down you know like a page here and a page there and I had a very loosely I had a pile of these pages somewhere uh, that, that not all of them even were found and um, and um, I realized my best attempts to organize something in book form were you know like a like completely disastrous and that you had this, not only this beautiful style, but you had this organizational ability, um, neat and tidy, you know. So that's when the conversation <laughs> began. 
<laughs> well, Howie, Howie, you're a visionary. Visionaries, it's your path to call what is what what is in your mind down to earth, and other people don't see that vision. So yes, you seeded the nurtured mm. heart in the world, the nurtured heart approach. And and when people, you were writing it, you were writing it in the way that it was coming to you in these flashes mm. and. In, in these flashes. heartfelt openings, and mm-hmm. and I don't know if you remember or not, but you needed somebody to write a manual for your all your therapists that were working for you with cases in Tucson, and I volunteered to write. Yes. A God, uh, whatever became right. of that? I have no idea, but that was my first attempt at writing. But That's yes, it was right. an organizational manual for pr- practitioners of the nurture right. approach. So that was kind of the pre-book wow. pavement. Wow. And I guess maybe you liked my manual style or something, but I, yeah, so that's what we did. I liked we, everything we about We did the manual. You, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, putting, we're putting that out right. to the world. We, we need a copy of that manual to, to surface. <laughs> I don't think well, I have it. Well, because because the nurtured heart approach has evolved, those were just the very beginnings. That was like yeah. the first planting of the garden. The garden has right. grown way, way bigger with way more beautiful, exotic, opulent versions now. Yeah. I absolutely agree. Can I tell you mm-hmm. something funny? Uh, two things regarding Alice. One is um, when... Uh, when she was home over, um, she started at school, at art school, she took an interest in paper at some point, and, and she came home at a Christmas break, and she she took, I had the manuscript, the original, you know, one of the original printouts cause of, of the manuscript, because you know all this writing we did on computers back in back in the you know the caveman days was was uh, you know it was very different than computers now and and so we had these printed out copies you know two two hundred pages three hundred pages of paper and uh, she took that and made it into um, a cactus garden she created this. Beautiful cactus garden, partially using that manuscript, and there are places where you could see and read a couple of pages here and there of the original text. And and one more thing, when I was in India with her recently, it just started, and she actually presented with me uh, to some extent, and and you know, very in a very reserved and careful way. But when she said something, it was like everybody stopped and listened. And it was really right on the money. You'd be so proud. And um, I started oh. to realize, wow, look at the evo- the Nurture Heart Approach is just about 25 years. It'll be 25 years next year, maybe, of the mm-hmm. approach. And or maybe it's 25 years now. And um, and and uh, I, I started thinking, wow, that was it started being born maybe just around the time, maybe it did precede her, but I feel like on a soul level, she was beaming it to me. That, you know, oh. in some ways she knows it and does it and lives it better than, I, you know, me at this young oh, age. So, so isn't that interesting? 
It is. And when you talked about your paper writing about the rose that you loved, and then mm. you birthed a nurtured heart approach child, Alice Rose, who, yeah. you know, of course everybody loved her and does love her. She is such an amazing being. She's been raised mm. with this beautiful, clean parenting approach that is so high vibration. It's not a surprise. She's I had no idea she was presenting with you. That's so beautiful. Yeah, she took the training last um summer um in Sacramento oh. and um and you know, I said a couple of comments as a participant um along the way and I, I watched I watched the profound nature of her comments along with how people responded to her and what they, you know, people were just going, Oh my god. I was going, oh, my God, that's rich, you know. Uh, Yeah, that was a real treat to have her at that training, I can tell you. Uh, I witnessed that. Um, And, you know, yeah, well, it was a great segue um, with Howie or with uh, Alice coming in and now Howie talking about her. I I want to dig in a little bit to um, your, both of your children and how how that affected the approach way back when, uh, you know, as far as close to the beginning as the kids came into the approach. Mm. Well, well, thank you Ken for bringing that the up. Gift yeah. of a of of like an incredibly intense child who she'll talk about, and I won't say a word other than I remember when Jen first started bringing me to Seattle by creating events, and and uh, and this was around the time Hark was like four or five, mm-hmm. and and, right. and the sidebar to the visits was. Oh boy, you know Glenn is doing some other form of parenting, and you know, uh, you know, like there, there was like it was so interesting, and and to see that you were given the gift of like the most beautifully remarkable intense kids. No surprise that the last I heard, he was a creative force. So now I, <laughs> I want to shut up and listen. <laughs> well, I just, I just just background a little bit. I I remember when Howie. I've lived in a lot of big cities, and so Howie mentioned San Francisco. This preceded the conception of my child, or actually, he was conceived in San Francisco. But um, my husband and I were living in the Haight Ashbury uh, area of San Francisco, and Howie would come up. And finally, we decided we got to be face to face to finish this book. So we were we were definitely in labor, finishing the transforming the difficult child. We were birthing it in San Francisco, you know, we're, we're over strong cups of coffee. And, um, we, that was the final mm. birth mm-hmm. of the book. And then I got pregnant and realized, Oh, I don't want to have a baby in San Francisco. So that's when I came back to Seattle. And that's when I got the new download of the nurtured heart approach and developed so much compassion for those mm-hmm. under parenting highly intense children, and that was when I birthed my own. And when Forrest <sighs> Hart easily was about three years old, I remember calling Howie, going, "Howie, I need help." And he, <laughs> Howie's looking at me, kind of shaking his head, going, "Jen, what are you doing? Get out of the way and let him have a consequence. Don't be softening the timeouts. We saw the timeouts in those days, but..." I remember we, 
as as timeouts got fine tuned in the process, we we shortened them to just a matter of seconds. But those were the old days where we maybe did a minute for every age. So here I was, you know, in, in torture trying to give a three year old a a three minute timeout, mm. and realizing mm-hmm. that I was the problem. I wouldn't get out of the way and let him have a consequence. And I remember when Howie showed up at my Seattle door and said. You know, he how he just watched this little drama where my three-year-old, who had the power of a polar bear at that time, was running me ragged. And then he was just, Jen, you got to get out of the way. Use the approach. And that was my my new download as a parent mm-hmm. of a of a high intensity child. And well, then and I you realized, had a black belt. You had a black belt husband from a military family. Yeah, and, but he was he was running all over him too. I mean, I think Glenn right. Well, that yeah, too. but but you know, Glenn Glenn would look at your you know namby pamby nurturing approach and, and like and probably go, "Whoa, that's like wussy." And, and you know, so you had the deck stacked. You you've had to be fierce. You've had to really climb into like like this is me. This is me. Every once, every every go round, it's another issue that makes me climb into this, you know, at greater levels each time around oh. the block. And and mm-hmm. you had you were just given those gifts of, you know, um, you know, all of that, all of that. It was certainly, as I say, heart heart. I call him Hart. His middle name. He's named after the male deer. H A R T. He, yeah, he was definitely my biggest teacher to date. Still is, and is such a gentle, creative spirit who's so positive and nurturing himself. Mm. But when he was three, I certainly had my doubts and became very empathetic for what parents go through with intense childs. Right. These are not right. the same children that we saw 35 years ago in conventional right. mental health settings. These children are coming in with intensity downloads because they need this energy to change the world. There are new paradigm yes. kids who who really are not going to take wimpy parents. They need parents who can see the high road and teach the high road and not get caught in the gravel by talking about what the kid's doing wrong. And it's no deep-in logic to think that now I'm working with military children who also, and families, who need to understand that level of parenting. How's that going? It's going great. Yeah, I'm uh, sitting at Fort Bliss, Texas right now. (laughs) <laughs> Loving well, my job. Isn't that, isn't that like the best where you get to help those families in particular who, who you know, those men who may wind up going to war, those men who, you know, who are, you know, have, have these great kids who, you know, these kids won't be the same once you, you know, once they're in the spell of what you teach them, you know, these families will never be the same. They won't see life the same. And, and, um, it, it'll change the relationship to their kids. It won't be that same old cookie cutter, you know, um, military family. Absolutely. Not only is the military a very unique and highly stressed subculture, they are, you know, in, in deep service to our country. So it's really an honor for me to be bringing this 
message to these families and children mm-hmm. and and it's not just the men that go to war, Howie. There are a lot of mothers that are going to Afghanistan mm. and have to leave their children. In fact, I've worked with many children who have both parents deploying. Mm. Different cycles and sometimes on the same cycle where they actually are staying with aunts or grandmothers who, and I, and I work with them as well, uh, you know, in terms of the, the fears these children have. You know, this is a different world than perhaps, you know, us baby boomers remember these kids, all they've known throughout their life is war and mm. change and frequent moves. The average military child moves about nine times by the time they're in high school. So that's wow. a lot of change. Resilience is the road here. And what's so beautiful about the Nurtured Heart approach is that it's so much about mentoring resilience every step. Of resilience. Mm. So, in my job, I love my job because I get to to. I'm basically a a roving unit of positive light for these kids. I I have a walk around support job where I walk around and I'm just supporting teachers, caregivers, parents, and the children as well as you know as well as their extended families, and it's it's a it's a beautiful blend for you know very deserving subculture mm. the military families. Oh, boy, you, you, it sounds like you've landed in the perfect place. <laughs> mm, the universe That's gives what us heard. what we need. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, Howie, I want I want some um, expounding over um, the the power of Alice and how she came in. Um, the power of speed. Alice. How'd she come in full speed back in, way back when? How'd she come You mean her, Alice? As, Alice, as, um, she had to. She had to. She had to um, um, make you pause while you're doing this uh, wonderful work, and 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 you know, um, uh, you're working with the new therapist, and you're telling people how to work with kids, and now you have your own kid all of a sudden. Yeah, um, uh, that's. Yeah, well, you know, I got to. I got to you know, uh, practice what I was preaching, but also to fly by the seat of my pants in real time, in real life. And, um, you know, I got to, I got to see the, um, the, uh, hold on one second. I'm just going to just say goodbye. As Alice leaves to an appointment. Bye. So um, uh, I I I just got a bird's eye view of these. I think one of my gifts was just keenly watching and uh, <clears throat> and appreciating, you know, uh, what I was seeing, you know. So I would get to see, I get to try out things like um, appreciating her when. You know things weren't going wrong when rules weren't being broken. I got to see, you know, the realities, you know, up close and personal of timeouts, and this is before reset. Like Jen right. was saying, I got to see, like in the flash moments of, you know, um, whatever was going on, good, bad, or otherwise, just up close, 
kind of microscopically, you know, I got to got to swim in the energy of, of, the, of the appreciations and the and the uh, hiccups, and it really it really did help me kind of believe, you know, it helped me to see, you know, I remember, I remember, you know, one time, you know, um, in her intensity, you know, when she was upset about something and, and I, you know, was doing my generic, you know, so to speak, compliment of, I see, you know, I see you're really angry and I love that you're handling your anger so well. She was probably three and, um, and she said, no, I'm not. <laughs> and <laughs> and 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 I, you know, I just trusted, you know, in real time, you know, as a parent, it wasn't me coaching somebody. As a parent, I got to see, okay, what's what am I going to say in response to that? You know, uh, where am I going to go? And I got to, you know, whatever. Um, you know, human tendencies as a parent. I was very honest and transparent with myself, you know, whether it was to, you know, this, that, or the otherwise scream bloody murder. Um, you know, I, I I remember responding in that case to, oh, well, I hear you saying, um, you know, that you don't think you're handling it well, but here's here's what I see and I, you know, you're not ripping up papers and you're not doing this and you're not doing that. And, and like, I could see like the moments of diffusion of like, like, Oh yes, I am. I am doing, I am being successful. I got to, I got to really experience kind of minutely molecularly, you know, some of these equations, you know, but what was great was, I got to see the truth of me as a parent because I grew up in a home where this wasn't anywhere near, you know, nurture heart. Um, I got to see how important it was for me to have the rigor, so to speak, or the organization of techniques to rely on. You know, I needed that. I needed to kind of rotely go, okay, I want to remind myself. I want to be a, a proactively a, attentive. I want to do active recognition. I want to do Kodak moments. <laughs> I, you know, I want to take op- advantage of this opportunity to say, you know, some of the things, uh, the beautiful things I'm experiencing character-wise. So uh, that was very interesting, and 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 I also saw that I had at various junctures when other parents were around, like in play groups, how I had a fly in the face of what everybody else thought was okay, you know, where people would let things go or, you know, like I was among the beautiful crowd who, who when something went wrong, they'd say, let's sit down and talk about this. You know, and it looked good on paper, you know, they, they, you know, people would sit cross-legged on the floor with their kids and say, you know, it's not okay to hurt your friends. It hurts their feelings, you know, and this and that. And, it, you know, I, was, I got to, you know, experience all that um, as well as my doing something radically different, which was not giving any energy but a consequence. Yes. And then, you know, after the fact. Right. I can't help but think, um, you know, being a parent myself and listening to both of you talk about your parenting time that, that may be part of the seed of where your newest um, book and your newest information is going, where you have then 
look inside to work the approach with yourself. Mm. Mm. So I'm going to let that just stand on its own because you won't believe what's happening, but we're at the end of 45 minutes. You can't well, experience that- we got to let Ken say any last thoughts. People can right, well, of course, we're not going to just we're not going to just stop right this second. I just wanted you to know how quickly this time went, and that we want um, to honor some closing comments from each of you. So please uh, wrap it up the way you would enjoy to wrap it up. May I interject uh, here? I I would mm-hmm. like you to go, Jennifer. Please. Thank you, Josh, and thanks so you much. You can have Hallie, my time too, Jennifer. Time. Oh, no, no, no. Anyway, some closing comments. I think, Josh, you were right on in speaking about as a parent, we have our children as teachers. They're here to show us their intensity, and it's our job to support their intensity being directed in positive ways. And we can't do that unless our internal intensity is directed in positive, nurturing ways. So it the bottom line, the, the message that I've really received in the last few years, and my son, who was born when the book, the first book was born, who's now 16, he's teaching me that if I'm not clean with my recognitions, if I'm not clean and clear with myself and filled up, you know, those, those recognitions don't code as they should. So we do, mm. we, need to, we mm. need to use the whole approach within and I feel like there is a spiritual level to the approach and how he can speak best to that I know because you've written about this Howie but the true stories of triumph came when I I realized that working with my own intense child but the the bottom line is we we can offer with the highest good for our families and those that we help the nurtured heart within ourselves Hmm. Thank you for that. Thank you for that, Ken. I'm, I'm going to file away a thought that next time we have a um, next time we have a summit, we got to hire you to be our keynote. Um, yeah, that would be so great because you have so much to share, and um, and I'm hearing. I'm so glad to hear the update on heart and and how. I, Alice puts my feet to the fire all the time. She wants me to be precise. She wants me <laughs> so clear. I mean, so clear, so ex- excruciatingly clear. And when mm. I get there, you know, things are fine. You know, so I, I've, I've grown to believe that some kids hold out, um, and maybe Hart was one of these, until they're profoundly seen, until they really, really, really know they're profoundly seen. But once they get empowered, then they upping the bar. And 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 they you know, they um it's it's a good it's it's a tough it's it's tough. It's like the dancing, you know, like uh like my feet to the fire is not likely to stop. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You know, um, but along the way, it's so much fun. I hope you're experiencing that too. I hope you're you're getting to enjoy. You know, I, I can only imagine his creativity. I know he wrote some beautiful songs, and you know, I can't imagine all the things he's doing creatively. Uh, I haven't seen well, him in ten years. Yeah, that'll be for another 
another time, I'm sure. Yes, oh, yes. yeah. He <laughs> every day with his brilliance, his astuteness, and his also high-level communication. He's, yeah, it's very beautiful, beautiful son. Excellent. I bet. Hey. Well, I bet. Of course, your son is named Hart. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> You're That's nerd perfect. to Hart. <laughs> okay, well, we're going to let that comment stand for the end. I like that one. Um so what I would just like to say is uh, yeehaw, we're on the verge of um, CTI, Certification Intensive in Tucson, coming our way in, in just a couple of days, and then the uh, World Summit to follow that weekend. And um, also, I want to mention that uh, next month, um, Howie will be back with Catherine, who will chime in as a host and it looks like uh, my name's on the list again so it looks like I might be uh, joining this conversation and and the guest is going to be Melissa and uh, Mm. I only know her as Melissa Block so this is Melissa Lowenstein am I saying that right Howie? Yes you are yeah. Okay and she's the author and editor who has collaborated on seven books with Howard Glasser she is also a nurtured heart trainer a facilitator and grant writer for the um, AHA, which is Attitude Harmony Achievement Program for Mm -hmm. teens, which brings social-emotional learning to 3,500 youth each year in Southern California. She's a parent and a step-parent and has been, over the years, a yoga teacher, contemporary dancer, and choreographer, visual artist, theater director, and actor, and enthusiastic participant in personal growth groups and workshops. She lives in Santa Barbara, California with her partner, William Swan, her two school-aged children, and Will's teen son. She loves to read, write in her journal, watch great films, and spend time outdoors near the bodies of water and very large trees. So Mm -hmm. we will have Melissa on the show next month, and thanks, everybody, for a great show today. I wish we had a couple hours to talk. Uh, we're done. Yeah, yeah. It was it was my pleasure. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Shan Hunter, for making this possible, and thank you so much, Jennifer Easley. Oh, you're so welcome, and I'm really excited to see you at the Nurtured Heart Summit and meet the people that are using. Are you going to be there today? I'm going to be there, Howie. Oh, oh that's God. wonderful! I can't wait to meet <laughs> Holy you. Holy cow! Oh, All right, I'm going to get you to see you. Oh. Oh, bless your heart. Yay. So oh, I just I hope I didn't glow with the prize. You're going to see Alice. Cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Are you coming, well, to, the, right. are you coming to the gala? I Yes, I'll be there. Well, there it is. Save the dance, save the dance for me, Howie. I promise, my dear. I promise. All right, okay, love you, you made my day in so many ways. Thank you, everybody. All right, wonderful. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thanks, Josh. Any stories shared in this broadcast are amalgams of experiences based on the use of the Nurtured Heart Approach by our hosts and our guests and are not based on any particular person, child, or adult. Whoa.